0: Too many kids in this country are going off to college just because someone said, "Go to college; you'll be more successful." And frankly, it's just not true anymore in America. You you have to go there and not only know why you're going, but you have to ultimately complete it in something that is that that has viable alternatives to it. So, I think Gen Z, and I think you've got it right on, Don. Is that you know I, I you know they. They are going to change you know, who we are in this country, um, and business and industry and education is going to have to catch up to them.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start It Up podcast, a member of the Education Podcast Network. I'm excited for this one today. We have on Mark C. Perna. He is the author of Answering Why, Unleashing Passion, Purpose, and Performance in Younger Generations. And this is one of those episodes that I'm hoping that you'll share. If you have a child that is in Generation Z or you know a teacher that works with students right now, this is one of those that left my head just nodding. Because number one, I love I love the book uh, and I love this interview. And I feel that it's an important interview for people to hear. Uh, because his insights on the hope and encouraging Gen Z is exactly... It's just, it, it's, it's important to me um, as a, as a dad and as a teacher right now, uh, this, this gives me, it, it's uplifting. So actually I'm just going to quit talking because this, this interview speaks for itself. So without further ado, enjoy this one. Author of Answering Why, Mark C. Perna. All right, now we are joined by Mark Perna, whose book just released, "Answering Why: Unleasing, Unleashing Passion, Purpose, and Performance in Younger Generations," is with us. Mark, thanks for being on.
0: Oh, it's my pleasure, Don. Thank you for having me.
1: All right, so we're kindred spirits. So this might be a uh, you're cool, no, you're cool episode because <laughs> I, we both know we both know we're starting to attack this um, and, and 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 in interesting ways. So going through your book, um, number one, I'm just going to lead off by saying, A, thank you for not going down the cheap road of millennials and Gen Z. Psh, you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> seeing, seeing the absolute best in them. Uh, so I want to con- like congratulate you. Uh, I just celebrate you for that. Um, you. But, but like, that moment where you're like, okay, I have to write a book on this. When was that?
0: It was uh, it was about three years ago, and uh, and literally started the book about two and a half years ago. Um, you know, and it really started where you know where this really started to connect for me was, you know, I speak all over North America. I do probably forty to fifty keynote speeches a year at uh, major conferences and national conventions. You know, eighty percent of which is probably in the educational space, twenty percent in the business you know arena, and uh, and and the more I got to meet you know, everyone from employers to educators that, that the younger generations, you know, who I kind of refer to as anyone 38 and younger, which is both millennials and generation Z, they're incredible, you know? And so I, I got so tired of hearing all this, they're lazy and they're entitled. I think they're the next greatest generations to come down the pike. You know, I think, and you know, where the game is played for me is, and what I, you know, the aha moment I try to get, you know, people to, to, to pick up quickly out there is, is that, you know. I, I, I think they're the most intelligent, resourceful, and pitbull-like generations that we've ever seen. I mean, they, when they want something, they will move heaven and earth to get to the want to. But our challenge as parents, educators, and employers is getting them to want something. So, you know, that's where, that's where people get frustrated. And it's like, well, if you, can, uh, if you can understand who they are, how to communicate with them, how to engage them, you can turn them from being someone that you think is a challenge to someone you think is a beautiful resource. And, and that's how we unlock it. So, so I wanted to write the book, you know, you know, to in order to be able to to kind of capture that capture my experience. And, and, and certainly my experience as a single dad, you know, for these last 22 years um, and, and capture how you, how you can, you know, kind of push them further and faster than, than you could if you didn't understand them.
1: Yeah. Let me yes and you on that. Uh, yes. and, and, what I've seen more and more, like, again, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like strumming, but yeah, well, why do I have to make the effort to reach them? Why don't they come to me? I'm the person in power. And, and I usually answer that with, I had a conversation, actually, I was eavesdropping on a conversation with uh, a guy who was kind of, um, I'm not going to say badgering his son, but I, I, I had to listen in because he was kind of making fun of his job at a, a coffee house. And so he's like, you know, just if you suck it up, you know, just, just go along with it. You know, maybe you'll be able to get that better job and you'll be able to retire at like 57. And so the kid goes, let me get this straight. I should work my tail off right now to do something I don't like, but somehow I'll enjoy my life starting at age 58. I'd rather be a barista. <laughs> and, you know, the dad was like, oh, you don't get it. And the kid was like, oh, you don't get it. He wanted to chase like what was important to him and that cubicle job wasn't important to him and he'd rather pursue happiness. And the dad's like, well, you can, ha- you can find happiness, you know, 50 years from now. And I kind of say, I was trying not to laugh because it was in an airport and I was, you know, like trying to act like I was reading something, but I was like, <laughs> the kid's got a point. And well, that generation oh God, it, kind of it, sees it, it that way.
0: Yeah, and it's the you know, and it's the classic trying to push rope. You know, I mean, you can tr- you can try all day long to think that you know you're in a position of power. But at the end of the day, if you want, you know, you have to be able to connect. Young people today embody this phrase. I didn't make up this phrase, but they embody this phrase that they, in fact, do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you have to connect and engage in that level. And you have to keep in mind that lifestyle is the most important thing to them. You know, they want life. more than half of every decision they make is based on how it affects their lifestyle. Career has even become a lifestyle decision. And until you understand that, you can keep trying to say, well, you need to go out and get a quote unquote, good job. But a good job, Don, to you and me, is a very different thing than to a, a, an 18-year-old, a 28-year-old, or even a 38-year-old. You know, a good job to them is one that, you know, intersects beautifully with the lifestyle that they want to live, and they will make a decision based that way. So, you know, trying to connect all these, that. So, I, lo- I love your ex- I love your example, and I love your eavesdropping. I thought that was good. <laughs> I well, want to listen it, to
1: Yeah, it, well, it's just so funny because, yeah, he... These kind of things, like the perfect job. I'll, by the way, like the dad in his mind, he thought that perfect job was, you know, the way it used to be. You know, loyalty. Like I hear people that well, millennials aren't loyal. Well, neither are the corporations. You know, like this idea that that somehow things still look like 1991 are are funny to to well, guys like us. Um, so now, now we start talking about the, the skills gap that they may or may not have. And in some ways, this is where the rubber meets the road. And I know that this is something you write on extensively. Um, tell us about, you know, Gen Z and them being able to close the skills gap.
0: Well, Gen Z very different than generation Y millennial counterparts. So, you know, Gen Z far more pragmatic. They, they're actually concerned about their future. So, uh, which by
1: the way, can, can you explain that? Why? Like, I totally agree. And I, I, I've, I've been teaching long enough that I see the exact same things. Your insights on why?
0: Well, because they grew up in a post-9-11 world, they grew up in a post-2008 financial meltdown, they have seen you know, family members, friends of families, uh, people they know, uh, you know, some people went off to college and, you know, and were able to complete it, but couldn't get a job. They, some people went off to college, didn't complete it, and walk around with the debt, you know, and they're trying to figure life out. They've seen all of these different circumstances that you know, have created kind of a mindset for them that, um, where they may not always voice it, outwardly, but they're really kind of concerned. They're going to be the, you know, it's already predicted they're going to be the largest uh, entrepreneurial generation in history uh, because they, you know, nearly 80% of them already in surveys have said that they want to, they want to be their own boss. Well, how's that for a cataclysmic shift in workforce development in this country? If 80% of the next generation want to be their own boss, um, you know, who, who's going to be working for other people? You know, I mean, because they want to find this unconventional way to get where they want to go. And they're not going to put up with, you know, everybody goes through this same model of education and workforce anymore. So um, I'm seeing that shift, you know, starting to play out, uh, especially with Generation Z that goes, you know, fetus to 17 years old. Uh, and it's played out to some degree in the millennials, not nearly as much, but it's, it's starting to kick in as well. So, uh, I think education is, uh, is ready for a change. Uh, I think, um, you know, putting everyone through this same lens of everyone goes to college, you know I'm a tremendous fan of college i think if if what you want to do in life requires a four year degree, I think you need to go with passion, go with purpose, you know invest wisely, but but make sure you go and get it done um, that you kids in this country are going off to college just because someone said, "Go to college, you'll be more successful and frankly, it's just not true anymore in america you You have to go there and not only know why you're going, but you have to ultimately complete it in something that is that that has viable alternatives to it, you know, there has to be a viable outcome at the end of that. So I think Gen Z, and I think you've got it right on, Don, is that, you know, I, I, you know, they, they are going to change, you know, who we are in this country, um, and business and industry and education is going to have to catch up to them.
1: You said so much there. I want to unpack, and I, I love it because, um, in some ways, it's affirming. the The hardest part, though, is, and I'm just going to give you insight on some what my students are saying, uh, including my own my oldest child, who's, who's 17, is that. Um, well, again, I'll tell a story. I was at, uh, I, was, I was out and about, and I saw some old friends, uh, and both of them were engineers, and nothing nothing wrong with that. But um, they asked they asked me. And then my daughter kind of saddled up and like, hey, what is your daughter doing next year for college? And then Ava kind of interjected because she could speak for herself. And she's like, I, you know what? I'm thinking about at least taking a year off. I may not go to college. <laughs> the gap and, year. And then he, the guy chooses not to look at her and then tells me, well, that's disappointing. And he says, you know, Don, you can always fall back on a good education. And I thought Ava was going to come, you know, over the chair and say, you know, I'm here. You can talk to me. But Ava then started to, like, explain her reasons. And it, and it kind of, I don't want to say it hurt her feelings because she's a pretty tough kid. But, like, it bothered me because I'm like, hey, she's already accomplishing a lot of things. Like, she, she has a three nine. This is total choice because I can tell Bon look, look at his face like, oh, how disappointing. She must not be a good student. I'm like, no, but that's my point. I've got some students that are starting to reconsider. Like they might want to be entrepreneurial, like you said, or they might want to be a freelancer and, and work for themselves, which I guess is entrepreneurial. But that disappointment from their parents and that disappointment from some of their peer group of, oh, you're not going to try to apply for an Ivy League or, oh, you're not going to go to that famous state college is, is it's starting to, to fade a little bit. I agree. But like we still have this huge barrier of you're not doing it the right way. Talk to that kid right now that is the weird, that doesn't really want to go, but feels the pressure that they just got it.
0: Well, I mean, I, if I was talking to the kid, I would say there's nothing wrong with taking a gap year and figuring out why you want to go there. You know, there are so many alternatives in this country today. And, you know, you, you mentioned the skills gap and as we kind of tie this all together, you know, you, there's this, you know, skills gap. And for, the, you know, the people listening who don't know what a skills gap is, it's, it's easily explained this way. There, there are millions of people who are unemployed. There are millions of jobs that are open. People who are unemployed can't do the jobs that are open. And so, right now, the skills gap sits at 6.7 million unfilled jobs in this country in high demand, high wage industries aviation, uh, you know, and aerospace, uh, manufacturing, construction, healthcare, in all of these fields. And we can't, and, and employers can't find people to do these jobs because. Uh, we're, we're putting so many people through four year universities. And so I think you know what a young person really needs to do and what I would say to that young person is if you need a year to figure it out, don't take a year because you wanna lay on a couch and play video games. But if you yeah, want to take absolutely. a year, figure out what you really want, what's interesting to you, do some career exploration, do some internships. You know, if you want to know what life's really about, go spend a couple of days in, an, in a senior citizen home if you want to see what regret is like. You know, figure out how you feel about what you want your life to be. And if you take, if you need, you know, six months to do that or a year, I, you know, I, I support it wholeheartedly because I think kids today need to know why they're going. There must be purpose. I, I created this conversation concept called education with purpose. You know, I don't think any student anywhere at any age should go off to any education or training or skill development unless they know why they're going. Because I think they're only setting themselves up to to take some some debt burden, some things that are going to cost them, you know, down the road. Understand why you're going. Go with passion, go with purpose, but make sure you get it done when you pull the trigger. And I think that's what I would tell a young person today.
1: Yeah, I agree. I just I've seen too oftentimes, though, that um, because a lot of our students don't look up from their phone and don't have time in this school day, too, oftentimes, they don't really have that passion. Like it's somebody else's passion. Uh, like, well, I'm, I'm not saying kids. I'm saying most people like it, Like if I went out and surveyed 20 people, 18 people would say, you know, what are you passionate about? Oh, my favorite sports team. Oh, my favorite band. Oh, the fact that they're coming out with another Star Wars movie. Uh, That's what's driving me nuts is that uh, too oftentimes they're not allowed the opportunity during the school day to pursue those interests.
0: Well, and I think it comes back to, you you know, the reason I named my book Answering Why is because they need an answer to that question for everything they do. If they don't understand why a particular class is interesting or needed in their schedule, they will not perform at a high level unless their why is I just need to get the points, you know, to make sure I get into the right college. But if they don't understand why they're taking calculus and they don't understand how it fits and you know why this is important, their, their performance will be marginalized based on their interest with that thing. And, th- and you can extrapolate that to the rest of their life. So answering why becomes critical. And so here's kind of an aha moment. And, I, you know, th- and when I speak around you know, North America, I, I, people just, they're, they're astounded by this. What, what is a simple truth? You know, uh, For older generations, so, so I'm, a, I'm at the very end of the baby boomers. You know, And for us, if we ask a young person to do something, 38 and younger, most of them will look back at us and say, well, why should I do that? You know, that way. And most of us take that as a smart aleck response. And we give the all American response back, which is because I said so like, but most young people don't mean it as a smart aleck response. Most people, uh, most young people are really asking like, well, why do we do it this way? Because there has to be a better way to do this. There has to be a way to use Google something. There has to be some way to use the cloud. There must be some way for us to streamline this because there you know, and they want to find it. And yet we cut their knees out from underneath them because we want them to do it the same way we did it. And it's the same issue we're talking about, which is with, you know, education or going off to college. And I'm so disappointed you're not going the way I'd like you to go. Well, it's like instead of empowering them to figure out what's the right avenue for them. um, You know, my son, uh, Nick, who's 29 today, when he was a sophomore in high school, He had a 1.5 cumulative grade point average, hated going to school, missed the maximum number of days his freshman and sophomore year. Every day was a fight to get my son to go to school. As a full-time single dad, it was murder. Until the day he walked into a programming and development class where they teach programming. He came home that night literally, said, Dad, I know what I want to do with the rest of my life. Which, by the way, Don, is the scariest thing you can hear from your son or daughter. But anyway... (laughs) <laughs> but uh he said i know what i want to do he says i want to be a software engineer literally in a 30 minute visit to this class he decided he wanted to be a software engineer my son graduated with a 2.5 finished a four-year degree in computer science he now at the age of 29 is like a software you know engineer apprentice he makes eighty-five thousand a year and he's living the lifestyle that he's always dreamed of like why because on one day he answered that question why am i here and he and, he's, and he took off on it Zay,
1: i like i love that and then truth be told, that's, that's so many of my students in the innovation class. Um, they're not always, but a lot of times, let's just say the C student, um, and, and then they can find that, that, that thing for them. Um, anyway, enough, enough about this side of it, the adult side. So you, you, you're doing a lot to convince and, and really showcase all the good there is to, to offer with Gen Z and millennials. Um, what kind of feedback are you getting? A slow acceptance? A okay? Are, are you doing a lot of training? Because it seems funny that they're like, these kids are so stubborn, yet it seems like the majority of people I see training are the adults on how they can uh, acclimate and move forward.
0: And, and, part, and that's why I wrote the book. But was, So I'll give you the experience and since the book's been out just for a few days and has already hit the Amazon bestseller list but I'm like, so, but I can give you the, the results from my speeches. So, you know, I speak to anywhere from a few hundred to a few thousand at a time. And I get parents who come up afterwards, you know, I've had parents in tears, giving me a hug saying, I finally see a way through to my son or daughter. I finally understand why they're the way they are. I've had millennials who come up and, and say, my God, you were talking about me, you know? And so I, I I'm, kind of on this mission to change the paradigm of how, you know, adults deal with young people today and, and, and quite frankly, how young people, you know, deal with themselves so that they understand why they're the way they are and how they how you can interact with them in a way that actually brings out the best of who they are, as opposed to uh, constantly having this kind of, you know, seesaw battle on on, uh, you know, on how, how to move them forward. Um, and so I so to answer your question you know it's been re- incredibly rewarding and uh, I'm thrilled with the way people uh, you know take the information and run with it the reviews uh, online have been uh, extremely positive um, and so I think it's a matter of over time you know uh, you know changing the paradigm across the country which is why you know the I, I wrote the book is that I wanted to 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 write something that was mainstream that people could connect to and and we could you know, drive down the skills gap and we could rise up performance in younger generations.
1: That's awesome. I, I love hearing that. I, I I've got um the probably one of the biggest concerns on my mind for a lot of the students though is this anxiety uh that they have and of course I know that you've looked at the the record high rates. There is though this anxiety moving out of high school into like okay what does the future look like? Because in some cases Like the narrative is changing a bit on like is college worth it? There's been a lot of videos out there that people are starting to ask questions. And at the same time, there's also been a lot of talk of automation, uh, you know, machine learning, a lot of careers that could be going away. All these things
0: create a sense of doom and gloom. Uh, Give me something positive. I'll give you something positive college is a wonderful investment if what you want to do requires a four-year degree or beyond If you don't know what you want to do college is a colossal waste of time Um, And you know again, I'm I'm a fan of it, but far too many kids go there because we said go there We said go there because you have somehow a better opportunity in life if you go and what you study there actually matters. So, but there are jobs in this country where you can make 80, 90, 100, 110, 20, $30,000 a year, and they are screaming for people to do these kinds of positions. Um, it, it's amazing. The, I, I had uh, dinner uh, several weeks ago with uh, executives from uh, John Deere and it was down in Davenport, Iowa. And And they were sitting across the table from me talking about how they, ca- I mean, they cannot find enough employees for these high demand jobs. And they're they're working in the community to try to change the paradigm of what people think about, you know, all of these, you know, but what we call both white collar and blue collar jobs, but they're all extremely high paying and high wage. Wage. So, you know, I, I think there are incredible opportunities out there. Uh, no matter how much automation comes in, there are still an entire population of people who have to, you know, fix those automated things, uh, you know, robots. And, you know, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's a program on the West Coast that has, you know, drone robotics, uh, dr- drone operation and robotics at a, at a high school out in uh, Salem, Oregon. Uh, ABC News was was there uh, filming and they're they're a client of mine because students that the end of the school day ends at 150 in the afternoon and literally students are still there at six o'clock in the evening. They, do, they are so excited about what they're learning in that program that they get an FAA drones pilot license when they're done with the program, plus the robotics and engineering and, and you know, it's setting them up with a competitive advantage to move on to college or beyond or where they want to go or directly into a career. It's like all these options are out there for kids today. It's a matter of, of going beyond what they know to kind of growing beyond that to, to understand all the things they don't know because they're out there in droves.
1: That's awesome. I'm good to hear that. Because I, I, am getting this more from um, parents because of all these unsettling numbers and everything else. But um, I'm, I'm ecstatic to hear that. Uh, You said that you, you know, you're a, you're a parent, um, and and you've gone through all this. Uh, Looking back, how has the world changed since your child, your children uh, left high school and entered the workforce?
0: That's a good question. I'm not sure I have a quick answer for that. Um, The world has changed in in a number of ways. I think you know, in in some ways better, in some ways worse. Um, You know, but you know, I I'm concerned in our school system today that you know, so my kids are 31 and 29, and literally the classroom has still hasn't changed much in the time since since my kids were in school, and, and since, quite frankly, Don, you and I were in school. And, you know, school is do, is having a tough time keeping up, I think, with the technologies and the, and the, and the ways to teach kids that are engaging. Because, you know, I tell people all the time, you know, if, if you break down into one easy phrase, if you want to remember, you know, how to engage young people, the easy phrase is this, that experience is everything. They have to have fun experiences. They want to travel the world. They're environmentally conscious. They want to give back. They have all of these ways that they want to have experiences with their friends and their family and, and so on. And school just has become a very difficult place to have fun experiences. So we've taught them all these fun experiences, we've taken them on all these great trips, and then they go to school and they sit in rows just like they did before. And they're like, this this isn't any fun, this isn't any good. And so I don't see that coming around nearly as fast as it should be, it isn't in pockets in areas, but I think it needs to you know, significantly change in order to, uh, and, and I think what we're testing on needs to change. You yeah. Know, oh, for, yeah. For, for instance, you know, we don't teach, um, although I'm on a stump to change this, we don't teach professional skills to young people. Things like work ethic and punctuality and leadership and communication and work-life balance and stress management and networking and flexibility. We don't teach this to kids, but we ought to be. You know, um, school systems are thinking parents are teaching that, parents thinking that school systems are teaching that. But I think we need to get together and really understand the power of that. And I cover that in answering why as to, you know, we have to start helping students create an understanding of how to make and create a competitive advantage in their life because they can, they just need to understand how important it is and how they can get that job or, you know, get into the career they want or have the lifestyle they want or get into the college they're looking for. They have to be able to create a competitive advantage to do it. And I kind of lay out simple ways to make that happen.
1: Yeah, I like that. And it also kind of shifts part of the ownership. You know, we've been talking about how the workplace understands how to work with the generational differences of, of, you know, Gen Z and millennials, but in the same way, and you're saying this, getting them prepared, you know, you're talking about like learning some soft skills before they enter the market the workplace. Also them getting some education on here's what Gen Xers believe here's what some baby boomers that might be upper level management believe, you know, the, the, it goes both ways. Like we, we want our upper management to have empathy towards the Gen Zers, the millennials, but Hey, millennials have a little empathy as well. Uh, I I've seen so many times where, um, you know, people that are protesting and talk, talking about tolerance and we should love everybody. I'm like, okay, well, then be tolerant, you know, understand both sides of the, the, the coin there. And, and I think that, um, if, and if in our pursuit of teaching those soft skills, you teach a little bit of like, uh, you know, this is why you know, Gen Xers think this way, or this is how to deal with them as well. Um, I know that well, does. Yeah, it
0: absolutely goes both ways. And, and you use the term soft skills and, and I, you know, I'm going to stump across this country to change the word soft skills. To oh, soft amen. Skills. I, I'll tell you why. I soft skills sound like they're unimportant when I think they're the darn near most yes. important things we can teach young people. So yes. I'm like, <laughs> so. Well,
1: I used to assign the book um, and at times I'll like have chapters here and there, but I think one of the most important books that I can give to a kid is like how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. That is, that is so simple and so practical and so not done uh, by that's so relevant
0: still today.
1: I know. Like, when was that book written? Like, in the 1920s? Oh, my
0: God. Yeah, way back. Way, 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 way back. But it's still applicable, still works. And Absolutely. Even, yeah. And it's a good read. I'm glad you're doing that. That's great.
1: I uh, well, no, I know. I think that in a lot of ways, you know, we're, we're going back in some ways to the 1800s. Like, I this school that I'm at has a really great reputation of getting the kids out of the building. We have a robust internship program. That's great. Um, I love it. But the, one of the things that we've seen is some of the kids go there to be placed, and some of the kids are there looking to be placed. That is to say, if the kid is relying on the school to find me one, it might turn out okay. But the students are like, "Oh, I've identified a company. Here's where I really want to intern at." Boy, there's a huge difference there. Um, and and I'm and I'm always begging my students, like right now, I I think one of my favorite stories. Um, uh, the guy's name is losing me. He he's, uh, wrote a book, uh, Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday was a freshman in college and he even admits the only reason why he went his freshman year is to work for the school newspaper. And he was going to have a cool excuse to interview cool people. And essentially what he did is he contacted Robert Green and he's like, I love your books. I'll work for free. I'll wow. do anything. Nice. I'll do research. And because Robert Greene is Robert Greene, and one of the 48 laws of power is there is no free lunch. He's like, I dig your style, kid. I'm going to pay you. But yes. And he leveraged that because A, he's serving under his ultimate mentor. But he offered to work his butt off for free. And I told the students, I'm like, "If, if any of you like right now, understand the advantage you have of not having a mortgage, of not having children, of not having a, a wife that says you can't take this risk right now because you're age 46 or whatever. Do this now. And, and, I, and I love that I'll work for free so I can learn uh, is such a, a great mindset to have. And, and so our students that are taking the internships, if they're, they're using it, they're killing it. If they're there because they were placed there, eh, let's work on their mindset a little bit.
0: Right. Yeah. So true. So true.
1: Uh, so uh, as, as we're starting to close out, answering why, unleashing passion, purpose and performance. Uh, A, I love it. Uh, I love the fact that you're talking about closing skills gaps, generational differences. Um, tell us uh, and then also like Career Tree and some of the things you're, you're offering. Uh, tell us more about where we can find you, find the book, all that good stuff.
0: Well, you can find me on social media. I'm uh, on Twitter at uh, at Mark Perna, uh, M-A-R-K-P-E-R-N-A. Uh, on the website at Mark C Perna, C is my middle initial. markcperna.com. C uh, There's all kinds of free resources uh, up there for anyone that wants to, you know, dive in and and uh, and take a look at what's there. So there's a you know a free book study guide. So for people that want to drive this through an organization, whether educational, business, or at home, there's a parent child career conversation starter so you know how do you get these conversations started if you're a parent with uh, with with young people that you know in your sphere of influence there's also a 30 second uh, action guide you know three 30 second ways to maximize interactions with today's younger generations all of that's free on my website that people can just download it's a PDF they can download it and email it and send it to people or, or use it themselves so I really want to get people and get these conversations started about how we change things and kind of raise the level so um, that's that's how you can connect the books available on Amazon as as well as, you know, in bookstores, um, Amazon to me is always just the easiest way to get anything. So
1: yeah, definitely. Well, Mark, first of all, again, I, I just, I appreciate what you're doing. I love the fact that you're trying to educate people, um, especially convince of the beauty and the, and the awesomeness that is uh, this, ne- this next generation. Uh, but uh, I, I think that, this, some of this is important. So I'm, I'm going to hate to use the word force. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ask nicely that my students. and More importantly, some of my parents uh, listen to this. And then, of course, my audience is uh, a decent amount educators as well. So I, uh, I, I highly recommend you check out Mark's work. Um, and this is a, a gr- at minimum, a great conversation starter. And I hope you guys dive deep into that. Mark, thank you so, so, so
0: much for being on the show. Don, thank you. And thanks for all that you're doing out there for, for students and for communities and parents. So appreciate it. Appreciate all you do. Thank you.